You are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Broad River Church. Let's get ready to listen to God's Word. What's up, everybody? Good to see you. So glad that you're here this morning. Listen, y'all, good-looking crowd today, nice and full here for the second time today. We had a, a full crowd in the first service as well, so that's a good thing. People deciding to come to church on a nice summer morning, amen. Listen, y'all know I like a little, little bit of a buzz in the room, all right? So I want you to turn to a couple people close to you and, and say, you're looking good. Come on, let them know. You're looking good. Y'all looking good. <laughs> I'd like to invite you to uh, read from the Bible with me this morning. There's an incredible book called Acts, which is the history of the first churches that gathered after Jesus' resurrection. That's where we're going to be today in Acts chapter 12 and 15. It's going to be a little while before we get there, a little longer than normal before we get there today. But you can uh, find Acts chapter 12 on page 812 if you're using the Bibles we provided, either down um, in front of you or underneath your chair. Acts chapter 12 will be there on 812 in a few minutes. Or you can pull it up on your device or maybe you have your Bible uh, with you. That'd be good too. My name is Kevin, along with my wife Jacinta. We are lead pastors here, and we're so glad that you've gathered in today. especially want to welcome um, all of our guests that we have in the room with us today, and we have many guests with us in the room today, as well as guests that are joining us online. And, and then we have a congregation of people that join us every week in our digital location. I would love for us just to take about five to eight seconds here, maybe 12 seconds, and just make them feel really welcome today. All of our guests, come on, let them know how happy we are that you're here today. So glad that you're here I'd like to point out to all of you, um, especially our guests, our Connect card that's in the chair in front of you. Um, if you're a guest with us, it's inside the bag that you might have received walking in the door. That Connect card is there to do exactly what it says, which is just to help us stay connected with you. You've got a lot of things going on in your life. We've got a lot of things happening here at the church, and we love to make that connection. So as the service is going on today, take just a, a few seconds is all it takes to fill that card out. Um, with as much information as you feel comfortable sharing. And even if you don't fill out any other part of the card, the backside of that where you share your prayer request is a huge help to us because we pray for you um, all during the week. And it's, it's awesome to be able to be specific uh, with those prayers. So as you're leaving today, you can drop those completed cards in the bucket by the back door. And um, that's where we receive our tithes and offerings as well. Today's an awesome day. First Sunday of the month is Communion Sunday, so we're going to receive communion here in a few minutes together. Um, I've been updating you every week on what's happening at our South Norwalk location. Uh, two weeks ago, we announced that we were going to change our service times there. Last week, we announced the first part of that shift, which is that on September 11th at 10.30 a.m., we will begin meeting as a Spanish-speaking congregation there in South Norwalk. So we're very excited about our... Yeah, amen. We're excited about our chance to bring the best news that has ever existed to humans to a new part of our city and our area. Today, I want to have the first parts of our team stand up so that you can know who to speak to if you want to help out or maybe if you just want to ask questions, you want to be a part of what's happening there. First of all, I'd like Jose and Vanessa Ramos to stand here. Let's give them a big hand. Y'all stay standing. Stay standing. They... 
Uh, Jose and Vanessa will be leading our team there as we start. We are thankful that they are responding to God's call on their lives and for the passion that they have in serving the people of God. I'd also like um, Onan Garcia, Ricardo Hernandez, as if he's here, Osvaldo Navarro, and Sarah Garcia. If you guys would all stand, let's stand, give them a hand. I don't see Ricardo, but I see everybody else. Osvaldo, Onan, Sarah. These faithful people will be preaching God's word to our church in South Norwalk, which we're excited about. And then Monica Collins, are you in the room right now? Is Monica here? There she is. Let's give her a hand. She has, Monica has been on the ground in South Norwalk since we started, um, even with our English speaking service. She's going to be an important part of our team there as well. And then Brenda Melendez is back here. Brenda, why don't you stand? Brenda. Well, let's say this about Brenda. God is, God is uncovering just lots of incredible things in Brenda's life. And um, she is praying and planning about some really important parts of how we will get the word out and reach people in that area. So this is the first fruits of our team in South Norwalk, Broad River, and Espanol. Let's give God praise for the first part of our team there. You can be seated. God bless you guys. Thank you. There's three ways that you can respond to this new thing that's happening there. First of all, starting this Wednesday night, you can see up there, if you can uh, read it in Spanish, that means Wednesday night prayer, right? And there is prayer happening at our South Norwalk location at 7 p.m. Um, and by the way, this is for anybody that wants to go. You might not even feel yourself long-term being connected in South Norwalk or being a part of a Spanish-speaking service, but this is our church and we can pray together, right? Um, and you might even be able to show up and even if you don't speak Spanish, here's, here's Here's the good news is that you can still pray and you can still make a difference. When we pray, it changes things, right? And so we're going to be there this Wednesday night at seven o'clock beginning to pray. And on a regular basis on Wednesday night, you can plan on that, praying and asking God to do his thing. Second, if you're interested in being a part of this launch team at any level, you can just write your interest on your connect card or speak to Jose and Vanessa or any of the team that you saw stand or Pastor Jacinta and I, we would love to get you connected there. And then finally, if you're interested in financially supporting Broad River Church in Espanol, there are many ways that support will be helpful. Um, this new part of our church, just like everything else that happens here, moves forward at the speed of our giving. Good. We're beginning a, a new series of sermons this week called Yes, You, How God Uses Unlikely People. I, I was talking about how God uses uh, people who just don't fit the mold a, a few weeks back. I, I mentioned this, this famous uh, rock and roller from a few years back, uh, many years ago, named Alice Cooper. Some of you have heard of Alice Cooper. Uh, he actually was in church here about eight months ago or maybe a little bit longer than that. But this is this hard partying rock and roller uh, who has this kind of dark persona and he gives his life to Jesus. I was talking about unlikely people. I mentioned C.S. Lewis who, who spent the first 30 years of his life as atheist. And then he goes on to give his life to Jesus and, and becomes one of the most important authors and thinkers of the 20th century. When I was talking about unlike people, I mentioned Thomas Terrance, who is this Ku Klux Klan member who has this hate building in him in his life all the way to this climax where he finds himself planting a bomb to kill this Jewish businessman and his family. And, and through that process, he, he comes to give his life to Jesus. And he goes on to be a reconciler and a peacemaker. And you might remember that the whole reason we started talking about unlikely people, the reason we got into it from the Bible was this guy named Zacchaeus. 
Remember us talking about Zacchaeus, this rich tax collector. Actually, when you study it out, they call these guys tax farmers, and you'd have to dig into what that means. But bottom line is, they were hated. No, everyone hated them. No one would have expected Zacchaeus to come to Christ, but he did. Listen, Jesus made an invitation, and Zacchaeus said yes. So for about four weeks, I want us to see some, some more unlikely people, how God used them to do amazing things. Because listen, God still does amazing things, and he still uses unlikely people. Did you know that? All right, good. We're going to read Acts chapter 12 in just a minute. Uh, in fact, don't, I, I said that too soon. We're not reading there yet. But let, let me pray as we begin today. Lord, thank you for this great crowd that you've gathered in. Thank you, Lord, for the, the way that you meet us where we are. I'm so amazed by the fact that everyone sitting in this room has, has approached you uh, from a different angle today. And we have different backgrounds, different experiences. And God, you still meet us where we are. And I also love the fact, Jesus, that even in this room today, you're not going to leave us where we are, but you're always calling us forward. So I pray that you would do your thing, do your work. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. God, you are my rock and my redeemer. Please speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody in a nice, strong, clear voice said, amen. 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 I wonder this morning if you think of yourself as an out front person or more of a background or behind the scenes person. I, I think most of us have a way of labeling ourselves kind of one way or the other. And Maybe when you think and you hear me asking that question, you think about that question, you don't feel like you're even the one that put that label on yourself, whichever way it is. Someone else said that about you, or that's just kind of how your life has kind of gone. And by the way, when I talk about up front or behind the scenes, I don't mean either one positively or negatively this morning. Some of us have personalities where we prefer being in the background. Some of us prefer being more out front. In fact, the hard thing is some of us have personalities that we would prefer just staying behind the scenes, and it seems like instead we keep getting thrust into the lights. Some of us might prefer being out front, but it, it just kind of seems like we've always spent more time in the background. And so this is the question that I want us to propel us into this series. Are you a person who, who serves or lives kind of behind the scenes or in the background? Maybe as you look back at whatever portion of your life that you've lived, maybe you can see about yourself, this is the way that you've worked. This is the way that you have served and lived. There's all of this administrative work that happens in the background, no matter what the job or ministry is. And maybe that's been your life. And I think sometimes when we think about behind the scenes, we, we think of it as kind of less glamorous in some way, right? Like look at all the, the beautiful people doing all the glamorous things. And what I do isn't, isn't quite as inspiring, but we also know deep down uh, inside of us that that behind the scenes work is not less important. How many of you know that? Right? I can't imagine where any of the work I have done any time in my life, anywhere, would have had any success if it wasn't for individuals doing things like coordinating things and taking notes and keeping track of stuff and facilitating all the stuff that needs to get done, right? 
And that's the kind of individual we're looking at today. This young man we're going to look at is named Mark, or also called John Mark. I'm spending an extra minute setting this up. You might not have heard much about him, but you know the guys that he served. You're going to know the men that he served, people with names like Peter and Paul and Barnabas. So you probably don't know about John Mark, although if you've been around the church, you do know about him in a big way. But you know these other guys. It's kind of like being an American football fan, and if you've got any age to you at all, if I I mention the name Joe Montana, you know the name Joe Montana, right? You know the name Tom Brady. There's going to be even some people here today, I don't know why, but I just have a feeling that if I mention the name Eli Manning, they'd give a little whoop-whoop, right? Right? Right, but it's a, it's a much smaller group of people who could name even one player on the offensive line that snapped the ball to those guys and protected them while they threw all those touchdowns. Now, if you watch football at all, you know how crucial the offensive line is in front of the quarterback. In fact, you can't be successful without them. Let me, let me be more clear. Listen, you can have the greatest quarterback in the world, and if the guys that are supposed to protect him are off or can't protect him, he's not going to be making any memorable plays. It's the guys on the lines that make the plays that make the championship possible. Watch this. It's the guys in the background. I'm mentioning all of this because I want you to know about Mark. At the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, there are mosaics of these four people. They say it's at the corners, but there really aren't corners, but we'll, we'll let that go for right now. But these four people who wrote the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and here's one of the mosaic that shows Mark the Evangelist who wrote the Gospel called Mark. It's the second gospel we have in the Bible. It's many people's favorite gospel because it's very practically written. It has very easy to understand language. And I want you to know about Mark today because God wants everyone in this room to get to a yes, you moment. I want you to see how God uses unlikely people. Mark was in close relationship with this apostle named Peter. You know Peter. What do you know about Peter? He was loud and out there, right? Peter was bold and courageous most of the time. One time he got so mad at the way that Jesus was being treated that he, he took out a sword and chopped off the ear of a servant that as far as we know was just guilty of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right? This is Peter's close acquaintance named Mark, who is also a scribe to Peter. What did scribes do? Scribes would go around with important people and write down what they were seeing, write down what they were saying. So most scholars believe that the gospel of Mark is actually Peter's account of life of Jesus that Mark wrote down. So get to know John Mark with me. Finally, we're at Acts chapter 12. This is where his name is mentioned. Acts chapter 12, verse 12 says this, when he realized this, this is speaking of Peter here, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing, recognizing Peter's voice. In her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. That's kind of funny. That's not the sermon, but kind of funny. They said to her, you are out of your mind, but she kept insisting that it was so, and that kept saying it is his angel. So here's what we find out about Mark. Mark's family is gathered together praying for Peter's deliverance 
from prison. Then he shows up again just a few verses later down in verse 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Here's what you need to know. This man named Mark, get this, was given the opportunity to be mentored by the man who established churches all over the known world. The same man wrote the majority of the right-hand side of your Bible. This was an early church leader named Paul and this other really important leader named Barnabas. John Mark was invited to join their ministry, but here's what you, I need you to know this morning. Something happens. After he was invited, we know where it happened. It was in a place called Pamphylia, but we don't know exactly what happened. But somewhere along the line, somebody hear this, for some reason, Mark deserted his mentors. How many of you have ever had a friend that just kind of fell off the map? Anybody, right? Like you were, you were boys, right? She was your, what do we say, ride or die, and then it was just off ghosted or, or kind of ghosted. Bottom line, it changed. Even if they didn't say it out loud, they were saying, I'm moving on. You know, what we had here, what we used to have is not happening anymore, at least like it used to. Can anybody bring somebody like that to mind? Even worse, what about a time when you wanted to help somebody? Somebody in your life that you identified, this is a way that I could help them. You just wanted to come alongside them, maybe mentor them, or maybe it was just friendship. And as far as you could see, they really needed the help. They needed a mentor. They needed a friend. And you were down. You were ready to invest and help and even sacrifice. But ultimately, they were out. Things were off. This is what happened here. Man, you want to talk about missing an opportunity to grow? This is a guy that had the chance to hang out with the Apostle Paul. What a chance. Now, maybe when I'm talking about this person that ghosted you, uh, maybe you're not the, the ghostee. Maybe you're the ghoster. This is not something that happened to you. You were the one who did it. You don't have to say amen or stand up today. You're, you're the one that turned down the offer to grow and to be mentored. Maybe you're the one that did the leaving and turning away. This is Mark's life. He deserted his mentors, and this apostle named Barnabas, who's already been named, after John Mark messed up, after he walked away, he wants to give Mark another chance. We see this in Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 37. It says this, now Barnabas wanted to take with them, this is Paul and Barnabas going on another missionary journey, he wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Who separated? Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. There's something here in this series as we're beginning that, that's just, it's kind of been un, unintentionally building uh, in the past weeks in our last series. And what I mean is by unintentionally, I didn't intend this to happen. This is something that the Holy Spirit is doing here. Last week I said that in our life of faith and following Jesus, hopefully you remember that it's not like a light switch that's either in the on or the off position. How many of you remember this? 
This is important that we don't think about faith as something that we just turn on. We, I said last week, and this is kind of the thing that's been building, that God calls all believers to follow him in a progressively significant way. Do you remember that? Here's something you didn't need to hear me say today, but it's important to hear after reading these verses about John Mark. People can be immature when they are young. Everybody knows that, right? Here's something else we know. They can also, those same people that were immature, they can also mature from their early stumblings. How many of you know of people that recovered from immaturity and had to prove uh, to people that they had been immature with, that they had recovered from their immaturity, that they were no longer this younger, clueless version of themselves. How many of you know people like that? Many of you would say this about your own life. It's everyone's experience to some degree that people that are immature become mature. But as a pastor, I have found that when it comes to our life of faith, when it comes to stepping into a yes, you moment, when it comes to accepting God's call to realize and embrace and enter into the amazing things that we are called to, we don't always, as people of faith, allow this same thing to be true. John Mark made a pretty big mistake and he almost missed out on a big opportunity. But listen, everybody hear this. John Mark grew up. Come on, how many people do you know where you would, you would say, thinking about them, hey, they grew up, right? How many of you would say it about yourself? Say, hey, I, raise your hand if you say, hey, I grew up, right? I've grown, I want you to write this down in your connect card. That's a, a good place for your notes. Somebody needs to get this deep down inside of them today. God is eager to use people who made mistakes, but then come to maturity. Now, listen, I think that we recognize it out there in the world. We recognize it, but I want us to embrace it in here. I know that there are many people have already embraced this truth about themselves. You'd, you'd get up and dance a little bit and say, there's people who say, I'm not who I was, right? He picked me up and he turned me around and he placed my feet on solid ground, right? Old things have passed away and surprise, surprise, all things have been made new. I know that group is here today. And still today, you that would say that about yourselves, I want you to hear this fresh today. God is eager to use people who made mistakes, but then come to maturity. There's some other people here that all this is brand new for. I mean, even thinking about Jesus as the leader of your life, this is a new thought. And it's like the son of God who has come to this world to give you a new kind of life. Or maybe it's just enough that you're dealing with that you're in this building with a whole lot of church people, right? It might be brand new for you. And listen, this is a place where you can belong even before you believe. Amen. We are here for your journey of faith to walk with you. And even though this is a lot to take in today, I hope that you'll receive the hearts of what I'm saying here. God wants to help people do amazing things in their lives, even people who made mistakes, but then come to maturity. And there's one more group of people that I has just been heavy on my heart this week, and that's people that know that God wants to use them. And hear this, you have allowed past mistakes, 
mistakes that you've made, mistakes that others made towards you that have affected you, you've allowed those things to keep you from embracing the amazing things that God wants to use you for. You've been heavy on my heart this week because I want you to step into a yes you moment. Here's a young man, John Mark, who made mistakes but later matured. He was used by God. So I want you to hear this. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter how you did it. It doesn't matter who you did it to and who did what to you and how bad that was. God wants to help people do amazing things in their lives, even people who have made mistakes and have come. Come on, we give God a big praise for that. Amen. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God, for that. Mark matured out of his mistakes. We start to see him as Acts unfolds, starting to come back into favor with the apostles. Uh, Paul wrote two letters in your, in your Bible. Called, he wrote a lot of letters, but two of them called Colossians and Philemon. And Mark, we find out, was with him in Rome when he wrote these. In fact, when, when Paul... Paul includes his name in the letters that he wrote to these churches. Check out some final instructions he has for the church of Colossae. It's in chapter 4 of Colossians, verse 10. It says, Aristocharis, my fellow prisoner, greets, greets you, and Mark, watch this, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instruction, if he comes to you, watch this, welcome him. Now, this is early on when their relationship is starting to come back together. But by the time he gets to the end of his life, Paul was mentoring uh, Mark, and he is in full relationship and favor with Paul, so much so that this is what he writes. He's giving personal instructions to Timothy and the church that he leads. He says this in verse 11 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Luke alone is with me, Paul is speaking. Get Mark and bring him with you. Watch this. For he is very useful to me in ministry. This is someone who deserted Paul, walked out on his mentoring, walked out. Paul is saying, we want to take you and show you how to share the gospel of Jesus. We want to show you how to, to make a difference for God. And, and Mark turned his back on him and walked away. And now we find Paul saying, he's helpful to me. Receive him. Mark was mentors, ministering in Rome toward the end of Paul's life. We know this because Peter talks about him in his letter. Listen, next week, you're going to hear about uh, how God uses this unlikely woman named Rahab. How many of you know Rahab? Right? So most of you are going to find out something new next week. You want, this is a really unbelievable story of how God uses this woman. Two weeks from now, we're going to see how God uses this very unlikely man named Gideon. How many of you know Gideon? Right, a, a few more it looks like, and and they're used. They're unlikely. They're used for different reasons. Mark is unlikely to be used because he's just kind of in the background of all these stories. But watch this. Even more than that, it seems like the reason he's in the background is he pushed to stay in the background. When I consider. The call that God has placed on so many people in this room today, people joining us online, I'm concerned that we don't use our, I like the background, I like the behind the scenes persona to excuse not allowing God to bring us as much into the foreground as he would want to. I'm especially concerned 
when the reason that we decide to stay way in the background is connected to the mistakes of our past. I want to write down the second thing. The Connect Card's a great place to take notes. Write down the second thing, saying, yes, me. Come on, somebody say, yes, me. Saying yes, me is about allowing God to call us as far out as he wants to. That's what's going on here today. That's what's going on in this series because I'm not here today to call introverts to become extroverts. Right? God made you the way that you are. And one thing that makes the church beautiful and the world that we live in beautiful is how different we are. Listen, some of us, listen, when I get invited to a party, I could be dragging all day. I could be barely able to make it to the party. As soon as I walk in there and I'm there with all of those people, I'm like this. Like this, why? Why? I live for that. I know this. When I get done with that party, I'm going to have more energy than I had when I started. Now, some of you, you're not that way. Some of us are different than that. There's a larger, how many of you, by the way, you're, you're, you would call yourself an extrovert? Raise your hand if that's you today. You call yourself an extrovert. Now, look around right now. Put your hands up. Look around right now. Do you see the majority of the room does not have their hand raised? Does that mean there's something wrong with them? Yes, that's what it means. All right. God bless you. Have a great, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. No, some of you, the way that you recharge is exactly the opposite, Right? You need, to, you need to get alone or at least with a very small group of people or just with me and a, a couple of other people, even by yourself. There's nothing wrong with either of these realities. I'm not saying everybody needs to be like me and everybody needs to be up on the stage jumping around. God has gifted us differently, but here is something else that's true at the same time. God is calling you out. And he's not penalizing you for past mistakes. He's not penalizing you for mistakes done to you. Instead, he's celebrating and encouraging the way that you are maturing. And he's asking you, just like he asked John Mark, will you let me use you as much as I want to use you? I mean, would you let me use you, not just to the level that you've decided on, will you let me use you the way I've decided Growing up, I, I used to hear preachers say this statement. They would usually say it at the end of the sermon, usually when they're given some uh, call for salvation. And they, they'd say this. It sounds really good when you hear it. I know why they say it, because it sounds good. And I guess you could make a case for it. But they'd say this. They'd say this. It's kind of quiet. God is a gentleman. He won't ever push you farther than you want to go. Uh, no. Just... Just scan through the Bible. Just pick three stories at random, any three stories at random. And then let me tell you, let, let me know if you still think that. Check in with, with Moses sometime. God is a gentleman. He'll never push you further. Check in with, check in with Abraham. Check in with David. Check in with Gideon. You'll see him in two weeks. We're going to check in with David in a few weeks. We're going to see David too. Check in with Peter. Check in with Paul. No, the Lord is saying this to everyone in this room today. Will you let me use you to do amazing things at the level I've decided? Amen. You can give God praise for that. I think this is why Mark 
ghosts, Paul and Barnabas. He was not lacking for inspiration. He was not lacking for opportunity. Mark did not turn his back on Paul and Barnabas, I don't believe, because he had a better opportunity that he needed to go. Early on, he just wasn't willing to say, yes, me. Mark wasn't a direct follower of Jesus. He He was too young to follow Jesus personally when Jesus was in Jerusalem, would have been very young. So he might have seen Jesus, but he learned from Jesus, uh, from Peter and the other disciples. He, He wrote down everything Peter remembered Jesus saying and doing. And he would go on to do other things. He he would become known as Mark the Evangelist because he became the bishop and the founder of the church in Alexandria. Listen, That was a very big deal. He founded the church in Egypt, which would go on to be the most important part of all Christianity for hundreds of years. But this same, everybody hear this, this same Mark the Evangelist also had another name that we could give him, Mark the Ghoster of Mentors. Same guy. God uses man with all the mistakes of his youth to write a gospel of Jesus. In fact, we have Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Even though Mark comes first, we find when we dig in that it was actually the first gospel to be completed. He went on to serve other leaders. He established much of the early church. I hear somebody saying this morning something like this. Well, well, what if, Pastor, you're talking about mistakes in my youth. What if the mistakes aren't the mistakes of my youth? They, they aren't the mistakes of, of, of when I, I, I was young, but when I wasn't so young. Like, Pastor, like, how about the mistakes I made 10 years ago and five years ago and last year and last week? And yesterday, listen, the question isn't when you made the mistakes. The question is, will you let God mature you and use you now? Abraham, who we call a father of our faith, Abraham was out there making mistakes after the age of 100. God was still maturing Abraham in the second century of his life. If God didn't know everything, you'd have to imagine God was just saying, is this guy ever going to catch on? Right? Amazing things he did. Amazing results. Somebody that that just resisted and and made so many mistakes. And what did God say to him? How did God penalize him for all the mistakes of his his youth? Here's how he penalized him. He said, Abraham, I want you to step out in every single place that your your foot sets down. I'm going to give it to you. How about David? How many of you know about the, the, the major mistakes that David, bigger mistakes than most of us in this room will ever even come close to making? And how did God penalize David for the mistakes of his past? How did he withhold blessings from him? How did he withhold his favor? Here's how he did it. He said, I'm going to give him a name. I'm going to call him a man after my own hearts. So two questions this morning. Will you let God mature you and use you now? Yeah, will you embrace the progressively significant way that God is calling you forward? I want everyone to hear this. He didn't bring you this far to leave you where you are. What you've done is not going to keep you from how he wants to use you. So the first question is, will you let God mature you and use you now? 
And this second question, I, I didn't want to speak it, but God kept hammering me with it all week. It sounds a lot like the first, but it's going to hit different, and I want it to hit different. Will you look for the work of God and how he wants to mature and use others around you? For some of us, it's easier to answer the first question. You know, that first part of surrender is, is simpler for us. But the, the full surrender of a yes you moment is not just recognizing how God wants to do this in us, but also how he wants to do it in other people in our lives. Somebody, I'm talking about the people that you, you've written off and said they're never going to change. They're never going to be used. They'll always be the same way that they have. I see this on, on Facebook all, all the time. People writing whole groups of people off and, and people that they've been in relationship for years. And what do they say? They say, people don't change. Getting more and more comments. Say, people don't change. Tiger's not going to change its stripes. That's tigers, right? Whew. I got scared there for a second. I always get lions and tigers mixed up. Yeah, tigers have stripes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So what about the people around you? Will you be open to God maturing them and them stepping into the things that God's calling them to? Somebody's asking, are you talking about my husband? Yes. Are you talking about my teen? Yeah. Are you talking about my wife? Yeah. You talking about my mother-in-law? Yeah. Whoever it is in your life. It might include people you've already written off, people you put into the category of never going to change, never going to make a difference. Would you put that first question back up there one more time? This is a yes you moment today. God is giving everyone a chance to say, use me, Lord, mature me call me forward. I'll, I'll come as far forward as you want me to. God is saying over you, and I want you to hear him saying to you, yes, you. And this is your chance to say, yes, me. When Jesus came into this world, he, he didn't do it because the track record of humans up to that point that God had created was a good one. The left side of your Bible is story after story that goes something like this. God rescues people, puts them in a good place, and he uses those people, and then those same people forget what God has done and turn their back on him. So, so with that kind of evidence, most of us would have just moved on to a new project. But Jesus said, I'm not moving on to a new project. In fact, I'm going to double down. I'm going to come and become like them. I want to be with them. I want to save them once and for all. This is the gospel. And, and as I was just praying here during the worship service before the second service, and I didn't say this in the first service, but I, I want you to hear this today, is that the, the, that the gospel journey is not the same one as the, the motivational seminar that you go to, because the Bible is not first and foremost about you discovering your purpose. One of the reasons we have so much anxiety and depression in our world is everybody's out here trying to live their best life now and discover their purpose, but we were created to fulfill and achieve God's purpose in the world. 
You want some joy in your life? Find a place of fulfilling God's purpose in your life. What a sad, depressing existence when my whole life is about trying to make me happy. It's a lousy way to live. Mm. I can start preaching, but I'm not going to. We're going to serve communion today. I want us to receive. I want us to receive communion today and get that shoulder going, and then it's over, right? Would you just close your eyes all over this room? I just want to say a prayer for you. And I'm going to say two prayers, but the first prayer is for everyone that as I'm speaking today, you would just say, Pastor, this, this message is, is for me. Um, I'm going to do a call for salvation in a second because I believe there's some people that want to give their lives to Jesus. But before we get to that, I want every, everybody in this place, everybody in this place, just lift both of your hands in the air. If you're comfortable doing so, come on all over this room, lift both hands in the air. Lord Jesus, this is a people that is saying, yes, me. God, we receive this yes, you moment, Lord. We want to step into everything that you have for us, Lord. We, we repent of the ways, Lord God, that we have allowed the mistakes of our past, the ways that we were raised, the things things that were spoken over us, the things that were said about us, Lord. We, we forgive, ask for your forgiveness for letting those things stand in the way. And here's what I know, Lord Jesus, is that you're not holding it against anybody here, Lord, but instead you are beckoning them forward. You're saying, I've got great things for you. So we receive it right now, Lord, with our hands lifted up, with our mouths filled with praise, with hearts of thanksgiving, Lord. We bless you today. We say, thank you, Lord, that you've called us forward. Now we surrender to you. We surrender to your call, Lord. We'll give you everything, Lord. We're not holding back. We're stepping fully into what you've called us into. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say a prayer over a few people in this room. It may be more than a few with the crowd that we have gathered in today that as I was speaking, you would say, Pastor Kevin, I, I need to put first things first. I, I, before I get to that place, I need to make that basic decision of just deciding to follow Jesus and make him the, the ruler and the king and the, the Lord of my life. As we were singing earlier, maybe as I was speaking, you just had this sense that today was your day to, to step fully into something new. And that something new was giving your heart to Jesus. If that's you today, nobody's looking around. I want to say a prayer, and I'd love for you to repeat it after me and pray it as your prayer. But if that's you today with, with no one looking and just you and God, I'd love to know who I'm praying with today. Would you just lift your hand where you are so I can know who I'm praying with? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these hands that are raised. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for these hands that are raised. I see your hands, sir. Thank you for the hands that's raised. God bless you. Thank you for your hand that's raised today. God bless you. Two young men back here. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Broad River Church, we have the honor of praying with people that are praying this prayer, some of them for the first time, for some of them for the first time in a long time. Such a privilege for us. Nobody prays alone. Let's pray this prayer together. Just repeat it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you. Now I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Turn me back to you. I want to follow you. I want to live for you all of my days. In Jesus' name. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you connected with this sermon, share it with a friend. You can find us on all social media platforms and YouTube, or visit us on Sunday in person at two locations in Norwalk and three service times. Have a great week.